the Transport Workers Union Local 513 podcast with Second Vice President Brian Parker is online and streaming. Take it away, Brian. Hello, sisters and brothers. Welcome to the TWU Local 513 podcast. Joining me again today is our local president, Greg Cozy. Welcome back, Greg. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. Thank you, Brian. So I've got several things I want to kind of throw at you today, but we'll try to move through it pretty quick. I know we have a new combined master seniority list. Yes, we do. came out a couple of weeks ago, and we're still within the protest window. Can you explain that a little bit to the members? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back to the seniority list that was uh, integrated back in 2016 called the Javis list. And what we're doing is we're taking folks who have joined the company after 2016 and uh, making sure that their seniority is properly placed on the master list. So our members have until June the 15th to fill out a seniority protest form. They have to have their supporting documentation with them as they turn those forms in. And we need them in a little bit before the 15th because the 15th is the deadline. Uh, I'd like to have them at the uh, union hall somewhere around the 13th. Uh, so that I can kind of go over them a little bit, make sure that they're correct. And uh, each one of those forms uh, requires my signature as well. So, Now, I know the answer, but what happens if our members don't get the form in on time or if they don't address it at all and there is an error there? Unfortunately, there is no avenue for them to uh, to correct it after the uh, the protest window. So it's really, really important that, you know, our members take a look at the master list as it's uh, produced on JetNet and ensure that their their placement on the list is correct. And again, if it isn't correct, now is the time to fill out the seniority protest form. So we have to, you know, that is the only avenue in which to correct your, your seniority placement on the list. Okay. Next, I want to ask about a signed agreement with Allied Aviation. To provide a little context behind that, our local ended up putting Allied Aviation into a lawsuit about three years ago. And unfortunately, we we did not prevail in the lawsuit. And so there's some question as to whether or not we would remain the representative for our members over at Allied. And so uh, what we had to do was we had to enter into an agreement another agreement with Allied Aviation Leadership uh, to prove that we were or we are the representatives for those members. As far as the signed document is concerned, our local sent the document to their leadership about a month ago. And unfortunately, it's taken that long for them to, I guess, process it and go through their legal teams or whatever. But uh, we did receive a signed document from them last week. And so what we've done now is we've contacted our attorney and we're going to process, uh, go through the process of getting recognized through the Department of Labor once again, just so our our members at Allied uh, know that we are uh, being as diligent as possible uh, in order to try to get to the end result, which is the contract negotiations for our members. I want to piggyback off uh, the conversation about Allied and talk about something else. I know that the company is talking about a 30 percent reduction And when I speak of the company, I'm speaking of American Airlines, a 30% reduction in management staff right now. Yes. Explain to the members just uh, what that means and how it relates to the protections that they have. That's a very good question. A lot of times what we do is we take our contractual interests for granted. And this is a prime example of the benefits of being in a union. As you stated, about 30% of the management and staff are being offered at first, essentially a early buyout package. And those who don't accept it, they'll be, and they use the term layoff, but they'll actually be separated from the company. And so they have no recourse. 
There is no recall if the company grows in the next six months or a year or two years or whatever. There is no callback. And so that's one of the provisions of our contract. It's one of the benefits of being a union member is that if unfortunately through circumstances there's a layoff in our future, that there are recall provisions in our contract. There's plenty of benefit in being a union member, and certainly this is one of them. Absolutely. Recall, bumping by seniority. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of things that our members have that uh, that they need to realize the protections they have. Yes. Okay, let's talk about some, uh, let's talk about the holiday pay recently. I know there was some uh, grievances generated over the holiday pay. Yeah, and primarily we see that in our outstations in Austin and San Antonio because they continued to have the fifth day off. And so it affected some of our members. The holiday actually fell on their fifth day off. And so there was some ambiguity as to whether or not the company uh, was going to pay them holiday pay. There is a presidential grievance. Actually, there are two of them in the system. Two presidential grievances about this. And then, of course, in our outstations, we have some individual grievances from some of our members who uh, believe that the company is violating the contract as it pertains to their holiday pay. And our local agrees with them wholeheartedly. What is happening is that because those folks were on their fifth day off, the company's contention is that if they notified them with enough notice that they would not receive the the additional holiday pay, that they would only be paid their regular eight hours or if they were part time, whatever hours they they're working. It's our contention through the language of the contract that you never lose the holiday. And so they also not only would receive their regular pay, but also at least eight hours of holiday pay. And so uh, we're going to pursue that. We'll follow our members' grievances all the way through, and we'll keep a very close eye on the outcome of those presidential grievances. Okay, next let's talk about moving to work brain. I know in mid-July, we've got a payroll portion that's going to be moving to work brain. But that's not going to be us completely to work brain. Can you discuss that? Yeah, so there's a a lot of uh, information around that. We want to direct our members to take a look at JetNet. The company's placed a lot of information in your email about moving to to, uh, work brain. But before we kind of get into the meat of that, that conversation, I think there's some misconception that the move to work brain is relevant back to when you either got hired with American or when you went from part time to full time. And so I want to clear that up before I get into the the discussion of the implementation so that everyone is clear. The move to work brain has absolutely nothing to do with the amount of money or the rate of pay that you were receiving when you got hired or when you transitioned from part time to full time. The move to work brain is directly related to whatever your status is as of July the 17th. Okay, so if you're full time and if you're topped out, then that's how the move to work brain is going to be related to you. Now, to discuss some of the the issues behind it, we all know that we are paid currently under our current pay status. The move to work brain puts our members in what they call payment in arrears or two weeks behind. And so um, there's a lot of, I guess, complication behind it. But the easiest way to describe it is after July the 17th, your pay will be held back for one week. And so for uh, fleet service, we get paid on July the 10th. And our next paycheck under our current pay status would be July the 24th. However, because we're making the move to work brain on the 17th, which is in between a pay period, the actual next pay period will be July the 31st. 
it's a little bit complicated. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to do a disservice of trying to go through it so much on the podcast. But what we will do is uh, we will discuss it through letters and also face to face. The board will be out on the ramp uh, throughout the month of June. And uh, we'll be meeting with members periodically to to kind of give a more intricate uh, description of how that implementation will take place. Okay, so what you're saying, instead of getting a paycheck two weeks after the uh, July 10th paycheck, they wouldn't get it for another week. So they would go three weeks before they got a paycheck if they did nothing. Right. If you do absolutely nothing, then uh, you it'll be three weeks instead of two weeks before you get another check. Uh, what you'll see in your in the JetNet email, your company email, which I suggest everybody check periodically, you'll have an election form and you'll have until July the 2nd to elect whether or not you will receive compensation for that week. And so the methodology will be that you can either use uh, sick time or vacation time in order to fill that gap. But what you're saying is correct. If you elect to do nothing, then you'll go three weeks until you get your next paycheck on July the 31st. Okay. And uh, the next thing I want to talk about, I know the company's put out some communication about wearing masks in the terminal. Yes, that and that's quite a touchy subject for a lot of our members, quite frankly. A lot of our members don't want to wear the masks. They have some apprehension about that. And while I think it's a personal choice in our personal lives, I think that we have to be cognizant of the fact that the airport board has put out a directive and that American Airlines has put out a directive essentially saying that if you're upstairs, you need to wear some type of face covering. And I think in the, in the coming weeks, we will see a, a company uh, uniform policy that will address facial coverings. And at some point, it will be part of our uniform policy. Uh, I think it's incumbent upon our local to kind of get out ahead of it a little bit with our members and just simply say that, you know, if you're upstairs, whether you're up there getting lunch or coming into work or going home from work, if you're in the terminal area, the edict is that you need to wear some type of face covering. Okay, next, let's move to the schedule. I know the flight schedule's coming back. Uh, what's it going to look like in July? I believe you got a little update on that. Yes. System-wide, we are flying somewhere around 20 to 25% of our schedule. In Dallas, we're actually more fortunate than some of our sister stations around the system because in July, we're not going to see such a tremendous impact. However, we, we will not be back to 2019 levels. If our members remember correctly, last summer, we were implementing Dallas 900 around this time, and uh, that, that included somewhere around 450 mainline flights. Well, starting this July, we will go back up to around 380 flights with a significant difference on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's a reduction of between 60 and 80 flights on those days. So, yes, we have over 400 aircraft parked and there's no no schedule in the near future to uh, start utilizing those aircraft. So. Well, that's good. Certainly good news. I did see where Southwest uh, was hoping, and again, I use the word hoping because that's the way I read it, that they could be somewhat back to normal by the end of 2020. So for the industry, I think that's a trend that's moving up and in the right direction. Speaking of a trend that's moving up in the right direction and some good news, we're going to return to our membership meetings and our stewards meetings this month. So that's good news. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely, yay. So, yes, we uh, we plan to have our stewards meetings uh, next week. It's a quarterly meeting. It's a chance for us to, first time in a oh, while wow, since uh, February, actually, to uh, have face-to-face -face meetings in the interim. We've been doing a lot of conference calls with our representatives. We try to keep them abreast of what's going on. I'm very excited about 
the opportunity to uh, meet again with our representatives and even more excited, hopefully at the end of the month, that we will be able to finally have a membership meeting at the hall. So very exciting. Absolutely. And it's good to, you know, to welcome our members back home, as you always call it. You call the hall our home, which it is. That's going to be good to welcome them back. Let's come on home. Come on home. So another thing, you know, and piggybacking on what you were talking about, about the calls we've done and stuff like this. Uh, during this time, we've been able to get a podcast show going. We've created a YouTube channel to put some videos. You've done a couple of videos and we're going to plan to do more. I want to reassure the members that although we might have had to expedite some of the stuff to get it in place for our members to communicate during a time where it was tough to communicate when we couldn't meet and have membership meetings or stewards meetings or any kind of meetings for that matter, we're committed as a local to go forward with these platforms to try to keep giving our members good information. Yes, it's been very uh, pleasing to get some of the feedback from our members. I think they've appreciated the fact that we are desperately trying to get the information out. I think these platforms are, are fantastic. We put out letters and communications all the time, but there's nothing like uh, being able to reach our folks with the podcast or with the video or whatever. I do have a face for a podcast, but uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, but uh, but the video I think was very well received and uh, gave our members an opportunity to to get some information in a different form. So yes, as a local, we're very committed to utilizing uh, those platforms. Uh, we, we've actually adopted, like you said, uh, the app for our cell phones, which is very user-friendly. And it's just another opportunity for us to reach out to our members, and we're going to continue to do so, and, uh, and very happily to do so. Yeah, I agree. The app is a great way for our members to be able to access. Basically, it mirrors our website. Uh, and it's right on your mobile device. So it's an easy way for our members to look up if they need shop steward or if they need phone numbers or resources, all the important links are there. So I encourage everyone to get the TW Local 513 app. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, and it's a really touchy subject, and it's uh, something that's very concerning, is what's going on in the country today with the racial division and the riots and stuff like that. I think we should address that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think um, I think that we we have to address the elephant in all of the break rooms. It's a it's a touchy subject, but it's one that we it's a, a tough discussion. But we have to start having these very tough discussions as a as a black man. I can relate to the sentiment of the folks that are out there. I think that none of us advocate for the damage and destruction that is taking place. But, you know, I think that we can't lose focus of, of, the, of the reason for the protest. And I would hate for the message to be lost because of some, some people who are out there agitating. But as it relates to, to us and our membership, I'm really proud of our members. And the reason why I say that is because if you, if you look at what's going on in the country, there's such uh, tension and, and division out there. And even though we, we try to keep our personal lives and our personal opinions away from the job, it always bleeds over. It, it just, you can't help it. it it's going to bleed over into, a, into the workplace. But for the most part, we're very good about being respectful of, of each other's opinions and, and uh, the things that our coworkers go through. And, and as I related to our local and the way that our people really are, is if you look at the past couple of administrations at our hall, we haven't looked at color. We haven't looked at race. We haven't looked at religion. We've had black presidents in the past. We had a Tongan president uh, before me. And I think that that speaks to the character of our members because 
people are not looking at color. They're looking at character. They're looking at whether or not a person has the ability to lead. And I just wish that our society would actually mirror our membership. To me, it's a, it's a testament to, to the people that we, that we work with and the people that we represent. And I'm, I couldn't be prouder. You know, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you look at, like you said, the leaders of our organization, uh, we've had a lot of diversity. I, obviously, I'm not a black man, but I'm very cognizant of what, what's going on. And it's, like I say, it's troubling. I'm also very proud of our members. I mean, we're a true melting pot at Local 513. And I'm sure around the system, all the locals and everywhere. So there is a lot of diversity amongst our ranks, and I'm very proud of them. You know, one thing that I feel, I don't believe our nation will ever heal, you know, as long as the people in power are fanning the flames of racism, you know, and they need to start sowing the seeds of uh, equality. And until that happens, I don't know where we go from here, but as a local, we need to stand together as brothers and sisters and take care of each other and lift each other up. I couldn't agree more. You know, interestingly enough, when I'm out there or when people call or whatever, the divisions are more about full-time, part-time, or more about seniority, as opposed to you know racial divisions or man-woman issues or whatever. And those are the things that we can get over. The things that, that are on the outside, the cultural differences, I think that part of how we heal as a nation, or how we heal as people, is that we start having those very difficult conversations. And you know you have to be respectful and be mindful but again, it, it just starts with conversation. Somebody has to be willing to, to open up and the other person has to be willing to be receptive to those conversations. So again, I couldn't be, I couldn't be prouder of our membership. I agree with you. I think that the key to it is that we remain unified and we remain focused on what our, our mission is. And that, in my opinion, is to take care of each other. Right. And I want to clarify that the, when I talk about the people in power or people, people in leadership roles, I'm not talking about a politician specifically or a police officer specifically. I'm talking about anyone in a leadership position or anyone in America for that matter. We all need to be cognizant of what's going on. We need to look at each other and, you know, and judge them by their character and who they are as a person and not the color of their skin. And if you look at unions in general, that's the foundation of a union was built on equality. And so I'm proud that in 2020 to be an officer of a local and represent people of all color and all you know religions and races and ethnicities. So I'm very proud of that. I am as well. I think, you know, our board is reflective of that. I think it starts, you know, even at the international level. I think uh, President, International President John Samuelson has been uh, very vocal about those issues and standing up for what's right, regardless of uh, how it makes him look. I think that uh, it starts at the top. I agree. And it's going to be tough to top this conversation. But before we go, was there anything else that you'd like to share with our members? Uh, yes. Uh, again, uh, we look forward to hopefully having our membership meetings uh, this month at the Union Hall. We will uh, certainly stay on top of uh, whatever the, uh, the information that comes out of the governor's office as far as uh, mass meetings are concerned. But we believe that we will be able to hold our regular membership meeting this month, and we're absolutely looking forward to it. 
Okay, Greg, I really appreciate you joining me again today, and uh, I appreciate the members listening, and I want to ask that all members, when you hear this, be sure and share it with your fellow brother or sister so everyone can hear this podcast. Also, share the letters that President Cozy is putting out. Watch for the videos. Facebook, social media is a great place to get information, but make sure you get it from the right source, and we also have a TWU Local 513 Facebook page where we put out information also. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Brian. For questions and comments about today's podcast, please email podcast at twulocal513.org. For more information about TWU Local 513, please visit www.twulocal513.org. Music licensed by Pond5. Today's podcast was produced, engineered, and edited by Tommy Engel.